English became global for a whole variety of reasons. First of all, the power of the British Empire. Later, the power of American imperialism. Later, the, uh, in the 17th century, the power of the Industrial Revolution, which meant that the language of science and technology became English, predominantly. In the 19th century, the power of money, money talks, and the two most productive nations of the world were Britain and America, both using English. So the language of international banking became the pound and the dollar, English once again. And then in the 20th century, cultural power, as you all know, because every aspect of culture you've encountered has some sort of history in the English language, like pop songs, for example, uh, international advertising, uh, air traffic control, the development of radio and television. English. A global language with the roots dating back centuries has truly transcended geographical boundaries and cultural barriers. It has become the lingua franca of our modern world, connecting speakers from all the corners of the globe from business negotiation to international travel. English is the common thread that unites us all. But what makes English so special? Why has it become the language of choice for global communication? The answer lies in its incredible and widespread daily usage. On a daily basis, English has become an integral part of our lives. It controls our conversation, our social platforms, and our entertainment industries. From movies and TV shows to music and literal, English has seeped into our everyday experience, making it the language of pop culture. Moreover, English has become the language of science, technology, and innovation. It dominates the realms of research, academy, and technological advancements shaping the way we make groundbreaking discoveries and share knowledge. But why English? One prominent philosopher who has delved into the topic of English as a global language is David Crystal, born on July 6, 1941 in Lisburn, North, Northern Ireland. Crystal is a renowned linguistic an author who has extensively researched and written about language and its role in society. In his book, English as a Global Language, first published in 1997, Crystal explores the rise and spread of English as a global phenomenon. He investigates the historical, social, and cultural factors that has contributed to English becoming the language of the international communication. Crystal's work has been influential in shaping our understanding of the global dominance of English and its impact on linguistic diversity and cultural language. English as a global language by David Crystal is a comprehensive exploration of the rise and spread of English as a global phenomenon. In this influential book, Crystal examines the historical, social, and cultural factors that have com contributed to the widespread use and dominance of English as an international means of communication. He delves into the reasons behind English becoming the language of choice for various dominance such as business, politics, and academy, and the internet too. The book also explored the consequences of this linguistic globalization, including its impact on linguistic diversity and the potential change challenges it poses to other languages. Crystal presents a thought-provoking analysis of the significance and future prospects of English as it continues to shape our rapidly changing world. Searching about this topic and about this for this episode specifically has given me a lot more of a knowledge, more than I've ever thought about. But to be specific, I wasn't actually looking for the answer of why 
English is a globally used or internationally used language. Because we all do know the answer of that, aren't we? But I wasn't also asking why English out of the all 600 or 6,000 language on this planet Earth. But then, you see, when I was searching again about this topic, I've become to run into this person a lot through my research. In every type of platforms that I was looking for, Wikipedia, Google, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. I saw him even on Reddit, like not his account, but like some other people talking about him, is David Crystal. I did already talk about him and his history and his life and everything. But David Crystal is a very, very famous and known uh, linguistic, and especially about the topic of English being a global language or globally used language. Because in the first place, I, as I said, I was not even looking for the answer of why English is a globally used language because we all do know the answer. Because, you know, if we ever search about it, you know, there is one reason, one and only reason of why we do even need a globally used language. Because, you know, every country and every aspect in their daily life use their language. And basically not every country use the same language maybe two to three maybe four maybe 15 countries maybe like share the same language but not all of them that's basically insane so as a human beings we do need a language to use to communicate with each with each other like someone from asia cannot uh communicate with someone from the very south of africa if they do not both speak english which is the hardest part because th- those two persons, those two individuals need to communicate and need to, you know, get to know each other out of outside of their country and outside of their people and outside of their culture. But it's pretty difficult if the both of them, the, the both of the, these individuals cannot communicate because of language barrier. Okay. And, you know, sometimes language barrier cannot be a very big barrier. To, to even say because they both of these individuals do can communicate even without using language how let me tell you they can do use hand gestures maybe um drawing something like that because that's how human being even used to communicate before the innovation of a something called language before even language existed people did communicate Okay, and now we're not even talking about two individuals of speak speaking two different language or living in two completely different you know countries. Now we are talking about people who does not even own a language, people who doesn't know how what communicating is in the first place. The very first human being, I'm talking about those people especially in the Egyptian history, if you ever looked at it, used to draw for communication as a communication tool. They used to draw pictures and they even, that's how they even created the word, the letters that we know today. We cannot say that a language is created out of the absolute nowhere. It has its steps and it has its process of being or coming alive as a language that we know today 
So it, it all started as hand gestures, then it started to drawing, and then it become letters, and letters become words, words become uh, structural grammar, and then it became a language. Now, in uh, David Crystal, Professor David Crystal, in one of his, um, I think it's lecture or interview, I cannot really tell, but you can find it on YouTube. He was talking about the reason why English is a global language or why, a, how to even choose a global language. Because, you know, there's a bunch of different language in this planet Earth. And if we do need a global language to communicate with each other, we need to choose one of these or even create a new one, which is impossible. But the standards of a global language should be easy, easy to understand easy to read, easy grammars, and easy to pronounce, okay? These four are the ones that can help an individual to learn this language and to become a maybe fluent speaker of this language so this individual can communicate with other people that do speak the same language and share their experiences in life, okay? But why English? Why? No? A very good question to ask, but one of the most easiest language to learn on planet Earth to date is English. And it's not, English hasn't been chosen to be a global language for its easiest. Like it's being so easy, blah, blah, blah. No, it's so funny. But Crystal, Professor Crystal explained in his video about the fact that a language can be a global used language by its power, by its power. Because language, you see, is global for one reason only, and that is the power of the people who speak it. Power always drives language. There is no other reason to speak somebody else's language other than you want to improve your quality of life or you want to influence them in some way or whatever it might be. I mean, the tradition in English. If this person or this country or this language or any native speaker of this language cannot have a power over the, 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 like the globe or the planet Earth or other countries, this individual in this country and this language cannot take over the world. And that's how the English language became a global used language in the first place, when England took over the entire world and become the very, like, very, very known and famous country for it. It was British first, when English became a very global language. But then, America come to its side, and now it's the most used accent in the English language, which is the American language, because, you know, it's very hard to find now, nowadays, uh, people who want to learn English and start learning English from, you know, different accents like Scottish or British. Everybody wants to learn American English because it's the most used and known and famous. So that's it. Secondly, throughout the whole topic of English being a global language or this world even needing a global language to communicate. And as I said, as I just said, that the power is one of these standards. It was not one of these standards because English language was not chosen. I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. English language which was not chosen to be a global language because of its easiest. 
okay i do not believe that english is easy i by myself took me a long time to learn english and i believe anybody can do learn english because it became a very much easier nowadays but it was not back in the day when i was learning it but uh what was i saying again so yeah i was talking about um it was not chosen to be a globally used language and a globally known language because of the of the language on on itself being easy it was because of the power that the speakers and the, the the native speakers of the language has over the world okay which we basically all do know because you know nowadays everything that we want to talk about whether it can be knowledge science everything was and it is in english now, until today but there's a kind of a bit hidden side that we cannot see or we can do see but where people are trying their best to hide it on itself. English wasn't at the first place, the first globally used language, because we all do know. Latin was, and the Greek language especially, was the most globally used language before four or three centuries ago, where the Greek and the Latin took the whole entire world took over the whole entire planet if you ever needed to learn something if you ever needed to buy something in business like in business uh, circumstances if you ever needed to communicate with a person you need to know the greek language or one of the latin language to do so so it was you know it was not that easy but before english there was greek and one thing that you probably do n- like do not know at all and i'm going to let you know is that before greek there was also arabic yeah there was also arabic taking over the whole entire world there's a bunch of a lot of professors and people who have specialities of those topics before even the greek came into the world or before the Greek or the Latin took over the planet Earth, there was Arabic. And most of the things that we do now study at school or learn has very became, the very first time became from the, from the Arab people, especially from, um, if you would like to call it, Al-Asr Al-Abbasi, in the era of the Abbasi. Those people are the ones before the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and right after the Tabi'in and uh, Sahaba and Tabi'in Sahaba Tabi'in and then after you have the uh, Al Umayyin and then you have Al Abbasi, who took over the whole entire world, and especially on in Baghdad. Baghdad, it is the capital of Iraq. It's the capital of Iraq, if you would. But Baghdad, at that time, was the center of knowledge. Okay? And that's basically one of the basic knowledge or the basic things that we, as a Muslims, take or learn in school. Whoever. <laughs> Especially if this is a Muslim country, it does not matter if this country speaks Arabic or not. If it if, if it is a Muslim country, you do learn it. Especially in Somalia, we don't speak Arabic, but we do learn about those stuff. 
So in Baghdad at that time, it was the center of knowledge. And from there came a lot of known people, a, people who had specialities on those stuff. For example, math and science. And you have psychology, physiology, med medical stuff. And I have absolutely no idea about it. One of the people that we have learned about, they have the Khawarizmi, who have invented the maps. And also is the person who invented the algebra and has a very big widespread knowledge about the history and about the Islam, especially, and about the math, mathematics stuff. And was and is the person who invented the algebra that we do know today and we take at school. Because, you know, if we now ask about who invented the algebra, algebra everybody's going to say an Englishman. Nay, and I have absolutely no idea what people think who invented the algebra. But I myself believe that the person who invented algebra is Khawarizmi. And he was Arab, completely Arab. And he was Muslim. And he is the person who invented algebra and also invented the maps and have an entire book by his name. And I forgot what was it. And yeah, I would love and like to read you a kind of a like small paragraph about the book about the topic of Khawarizmi that I took in my histor history book and it's in Somali <laughs> so yeah pretty much I have to translate it but listen to it so his name is Abu Abdullah Muhammad bin Musa al-Khawarizmi okay and he was born in 2230 in the Hijri calendar okay and the book says uh, he was a known professor in the uh, mathematics, history, and geographic knowledge or science, if you could ever want to say. And he learned about those topics and stuff and subjects apart from the uh, Indian people in Faris and the Faris people. Uh, one of the most famous of the book that Al-Khawarizmi wrote is The Mathematics of Algebra. That's what the book called is basically. And also he has another two books that are very famous and popular. And they're kind of, a, you know, the book says Jihay. It's like Jihay. You know, I don't know what, how to say it in English, but it tells you like the directions of the entire world. And he has one book also about, um, the book says, Sawar Karuka. And it's basically a hand-drawn or hand-written uh, picture of the whole entire world. Okay? And also, uh, And he also taught the people about the numbers of Indian. I think those the numbers are the ones like, you know, no, one, two, three, four. The written now are the Indian numbers that the book is meaning. Um, it also says, the first person who ever drew the map was Al-Khawarizmi at the time of the president, Ma'moon, uh, in the Abbasian era. So yeah, that's basically it. And it tells a lot more about it. It's not only like that, it's a lot. And I have a lot of places highlighted. This is going to literally, you know, I have a, I'm going to have a lot of knowledge about this episode, especially for my history exam that's coming. But that's it. So I I kind of I think we are getting out of the topic, but English is in right now at the time is a globally used and known language, but it wasn't. 
It wasn't two, three, four, fifty centuries ago. It was not. And they may be a lot of languages that have also been taken over the entire world before even the English and the Latin language, like the Greek, and even before the Arabic. But we can we don't know them at the current time, and they might be, but I do not personally know them because I haven't researched it. So feel free to research it and you know have your time. You have another very known and famous、um, Arab a scientist. Who who goes by Abu Bakr Muhammad Yahya bin Zakaria Al Razi, or people usually know his name by Al Razi. He was born in Ray in two hundred and fifteen, died in three hundred and thirteen, by the Hijri calendar. He was the principal. He was you. I don't think that's principal. That's very bad word. I don't. I don't like it. But he was. You know, how do I say it? He was kind of the owner of the first ever builded hospital on this planet Earth, which was builded in Baghdad, and its name is Bimadistan. We took this topic about the first ever builded、um, hospital like two years ago, not necessarily two years ago. I think it was last grade, but it was in my Arabic class, and we took it and we were like talking or discussing with the teacher and the other students and my classmates. About the first ever polluted hospital, which was located in Baghdad, and it was called Pimadistan. And we also took、um, the origin word that came from Pimadistan, but I forgot it, and I don't have the book right now with me. But the Pimadistan is basically the first ever polluted hospital, and it was built by、uh, a bunch of scientists and a bunch of、uh, you know famous people at that time. And Razi, Razi <laughs> was one of these, and also he wrote about a lot of books about the、uh, medical. Um, what was it? <laughs> yeah, about medicine and medical and everything. And he was very, very known about his knowledge and you know the um, how do I say mathematics and the philosophy. Also, people used to say that、uh, that he have wrote a book about the medical. And medicine about all these stuff. I have absolutely no idea about those stuff. I'm sorry, but like, and the book was kind of you know there was a must a lot of parts that was missing. And people used to say that the person who completed the book and finished it is Ibn Sina, and Ibn Sina is also a very known scientist in the era of Al Abbasian, and even before like after it he was very known in that aspect and topic. He was also a doctor and also a And yeah, I guess that's all of the book. What the book tells? There is no other. There's also、um, Abu Bakr Razi and Amnisunya Khawarizmi, and yeah, that's all. But I'm just letting you know about all these informations and topics because it might be a lot of a lot of misunderstandment that not everything has been created by a Latin. Or a English originated human being, whatever it could be, a man or woman, but it also Arab has a very hard and a very you know connection with the science and technology in the live in the generation that we are living in. But one thing that makes me always sad that. They don't get the recognition, recognition, recognition. I don't know the word that they deserve. 
which is kind of a sad to think about, you know, because those all of these very famous at that time and those very knowing and those people who have a very much widespread knowledge could not be recognized and could not be taught in schools about them. And now they're just, you know, some weirdo. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Don't sue me. But that they, that's what they are really. Some Englishman, um, you know, pretending that he invented the algebra mathematics, which was basically, like, really was invented centuries before him knowing about the algebra thing. So, yeah. Just to let you know, guys, that... Um, Arab has a very, very, very large and widespread connection into the aspects of knowledge and science and technology that we live in this day and generation. And that's it for today's episode. I know I haven't been uploading. I'm really, really sorry. I was kind of busy with school and stuff because I have uh, upcoming exams, so I'm really sorry. And also, I know that the episode is very short comparing to the episode that i usually make 40 30 minutes long but i'm really sorry but i am gonna make this up for you guys trust me i have a lot of upcoming videos i'm sorry i mean upcoming episodes that is going to is going you guys are gonna like it trust me i have more than 50 ideas that i've been writing down every single day on my notes so I want to, I just have to research them like kind of more and then start recording and uploading each one of these ideas into an episode that y'all can hear and maybe take knowledge from. And that's it for today's episode. As always, full show notes are available in my blog from different perspective blogspot.com you can also find them in my website from different perspective dot from different perspective hubhover.com make sure to check out all the podcast social media you can find them all linked in my link tree description in my instagram bio and that's it i hope you guys be okay stay safe and i'll see you in the next episode bye bye